In this episode, I am going to break down the who, what, when, where, why, and how to pitch local TV from me, a local TV reporter. If you haven't jumped into my bootcamp yet, you can see how this played out for a solopreneur who I worked with in my media mentoring program. We worked on her very first pitch together, which turned into a live five-minute TV segment. This was all like within a week. So to see that pitch, you can just visit theexactpitch.com and you will see what she sent to a local TV station to get booked and appear within a week. I want to shout out Barbie0792. She said my podcast is a treasure trove of useful information on Apple Podcasts. I absolutely love this podcast. I've been listening to it for over a year now, and the insights she provides are invaluable. She shares advice that would cost the average person thousands of dollars in coaching and consulting fees. This show is a must for any working professional. Thank you so much, Barbie0792. You are amazing for leaving that review. If you want to leave me a review, please do so in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify. I would appreciate it, and I will read it here on the show. All right, let's get into the who, what, when, where, why, and how to pitch local TV from a former TV reporter. First, who. Who do you pitch at a TV station for press coverage? Every newsroom is different. This is my experience working in newsrooms in New York City, Beaumont, Texas, Fort Myers, Florida, and Miami and Fort Lauderdale. This is who you do not pitch. You do not pitch production assistants. You do not pitch assistant news directors, news directors, or directors, and you do not pitch editors because they are not working on the content that goes into the news. This is who you do pitch. You do pitch assignment editors at the desk. These are the people that are listening to the scanners, who are determining where reporters and photographers go on an hour-to-hour basis, depending on what they're covering and what's happening. These are the people accepting all of that incoming email into that generic newsroom address. You pitch producers because producers are determining what goes in the show and in what order. You pitch reporters because they have to come in with story ideas every day. You pitch anchors, especially in smaller markets. In bigger markets, the anchors act more like news managers, but in smaller markets, they're pitching stories as well. You pitch photographers because many times photographers pitch stories and they also go out and shoot stories on their own. You want to pitch website writers and website producers because even if your story isn't getting covered on TV, it could still get covered online. Executive producers like producers, they're determining what goes in the newscast and in what order. I wouldn't suggest pitching executive producers As a plan A, they're more the plan B. And again, especially in smaller markets, when people are doing more because of the resource issue smaller markets have, executive producers are more likely to jump on story ideas and pitch their own story ideas. They're in the planning meetings as well. Planning editors and managing editors, these are also people who work hand-in-hand with assignment editors and reporters in the newsroom. So that is who you are going to pitch. I will tell you how when we get to the how section. 
What do I include in my pitch for press coverage? Well, number one, you don't need a press release. Everybody thinks you do because that is what is taught in PR schools. That is how things worked very well in the 70s and 80s, maybe the 90s, not so much today. Instead, you're just going to keep it short and sweet. You want to write conversationally because in TV, that's how we write. We also write in the present tense. So if you're ever watching TV and you listen to how a reporter is telling their story or how an anchor is reading the news, it is in present tense. That's not how we talk in normal day-to-day life. And it's very conversational. We are told to write at an elementary school level, to deliver the news that way. So that is how you should pitch your news story. When do I pitch a TV news station for press coverage? Well, this depends on the story and if there is a lead time. Number one, you don't want to pitch during breaking news. Like, this is a no-no. Don't pitch stories when there is... We had a few years ago a collapse of a high-rise building where people lived. Almost 100 people died. When that is happening, you don't want to pitch a news story that isn't related to that breaking news. And remember, there's also not a lot of resources on the weekends. And there's also, depending on your market, there could also be not a lot of news stories on the weekends. I remember working holidays in smaller markets, and there weren't a lot of news stories on holidays. So you want to focus when there's not a lot going on, and you want to also make sure or keep in mind that the crews on the weekends are smaller and the crews on the holidays are smaller. You also want to pitch when something is breaking or trending locally or nationally. So I said don't pitch during breaking news, but... If your news is relative to what's breaking or it's relative to something that's trending locally or nationally, then that's when you want to pitch that story because you know stories like that are already getting coverage. So here's a different angle to the thing getting coverage. You don't want to pitch during news time. So if there is a 5 o'clock newscast and a 6 o'clock newscast, pitching around 5 or 6 o'clock, you're going to get buried. People are paying attention to what's happening in the news and they're paying attention to what's happening on the other stations in that market as well. So don't pitch during news time. Ideally, pitching before the 9 a.m. meeting for dayside coverage and pitching right before the 2.30 p.m. meeting for nightside coverage works. So I think in just about every newsroom I worked in, there was a 9 o'clock or a 9.30 meeting and then a two to three o'clock meeting. At the last, in the last market I was in, it was 9.30, I think, and then 2.30. So at that 9, 9.30 meeting, we're talking about what's going to be covered that day to air at five and six. In the 2.30 meeting, they're talking about what's going to be covered that evening in the 10 or 11 newscast. So if you can pitch before those meetings, your story idea may be discussed in those meetings. Where do I find the contact information to pitch a TV station for press coverage? This is a big question people get. You could use expensive software, but you don't have to. I will say that the hardest kind of contact information to find is that of people working in a TV newsroom, but there are ways. Email is number one, obviously, and you can follow up with a phone call 
But if you are going to call, do not call during a newscast. Call after the newscast. That's when things are super slow. So if the news ends at 6.30, they usually have a quick 5 to 10 minute recap on how the newscast went. So give a call at 6.45 or 7. That's when things are slow and people are more likely to take your call with patience. Again, if there's no breaking news happening in your local market. I always suggest starting with the station's website. Every website is going to be different. You will always get the generic email that goes to the assignment desk. You should definitely use that. That is monitored. There are people, and it is their job, to literally sit in the newsroom all day and read those emails while they're listening to scanners. So start with the station's website. Sometimes you will get lucky, and they will include all of the reporters and all of the anchors on the website with their email address. If it's not their email address, it's their Twitter handle. So you can find a way to contact them. What is most likely not going to be on the station's website is the contact information for individual producers or individual people who work at the assignment desk. That is okay if you have a reporter's information or you have the assignment desk's information. But I also suggest looking on Twitter and then other social media. Use that Twitter search bar as a search engine because sometimes there will be producers and there will be people who work at the assignment desk and they will say, you know, I am a producer at WTVJ. And then when you go in there and you search WTVJ, you will find people who work there and you can see their title on Twitter, on LinkedIn, wherever. And that's how you can also get contact information to reach out to them. You can also call the assignment desk and push for something in addition to the general email address to not get lost in the mix. So for example... The station I worked at, the NBC in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, they have an entertainment show that airs, when I was there, it was between 11 and 12. And that is something that the assignment desk, they may or may not forward it to the producer who works on that show, but sometimes it's just easier to contact the producer who works on the entertainment side because it's more of an entertainment story and it's not necessarily a news story. So you could call the assignment desk and ask for the producer of the six, it was called Six in the Mix, ask for the producer of the Six in the Mix show. And then maybe they will give you that direct email address. Again, if you're calling during the day when things are busy, if you're calling during a newscast, they're less likely to help you than if you would call maybe around 10 a.m., or 1 p.m. or 7 p.m. So you just need to keep that stuff in mind when you're dealing with local TV. Why should I pitch a local TV station for press coverage? Well, you always want to start local because that's where you're the most newsworthy, where you live locally. I'm not going to get coverage for something in Nashville, Tennessee, because I have no context to Nashville, Tennessee. Like, what is the relation there? There's none. But if I publish a book, then maybe I'll get coverage here in the West Palm Beach market because I'm a local resident in this community. Plus, if you want to be on national TV, they always want to know what you did locally first. And they may say to themselves, well, why would I cover this person nationally if they don't even have local coverage? Why are they worthy of national coverage? Yes, it can happen, and it has happened before. But nine times out of 10, 
they're going to want to see some local coverage first. When I pitched Amy Porterfield to CNN, they asked me if she had local TV coverage because they don't want to put her on national TV if she's not prepared for national TV. She did not have local TV coverage, but she did have experience doing a boatload of live webinars. So she's comfortable in front of the camera. And when I let them know that, then they were more excited to move forward with having her on because they knew that she was prepared to be on live TV. Local TV can also be a feeder to other things. So we have these things called the wires. There's like a big database of a bunch of local TV stories. So if I do a story for the NBC in Miami, Fort Lauderdale, it will go into this database with all of the other local NBC stories. And that goes to the national NBC database where if they're looking for an extra 30 seconds to fill in their national newscast or if the NBC in New York, the biggest market in the country, needs one minute of a light, fun story to share, they will look at what are all the other NBCs airing across the country. So this is how a local story can go national or a local story can air in other markets. A lot of people don't think of this. I remember one time I interviewed Benjamin Crump. He was the lawyer for Trayvon Martin's family after George Zimmerman killed him in Orlando. And we we were covering a lot of Trayvon Martin stuff at the time because Trayvon Martin was from South Florida. He was from Miami. He was just killed in Orlando because that's where um, his dad lived. He was visiting his dad at the time. So Benjamin Crump came to the station, and I remember he wasn't very friendly with me, if I'm being honest, and he kind of like turned his nose up at local news. And he told me, I usually just do national stuff. I don't do local news. And I thought, okay, well, clearly you don't know how this works because one, this NBC station is owned and operated by national NBC. So what we do directly goes to national coverage. So what he didn't realize was by doing an interview with local TV, first of all, you don't turn your up your nose up at the Miami Fort Lauderdale market. It's the 16th biggest market in the country. So like that is that. Like I was very frustrated with the way he was approaching that. And Trayvon Martin was from Miami, so you should be happy to do a story to the Miami market audience. Anywho, point of this is he does an interview in the Miami market that can be aired at NBC stations across the country in addition to national NBC. And many times that happens, especially with a story that big. So to say, oh, I don't want to do local TV here. It's just a small market. Well, first of all, it's it's how you get started. And two, it's how you you can get bigger and go anywhere. It's a feeder to other things. Finally, TV is where most credibility lies because there is a certain amount of time you have on TV. It's not endless like online coverage because there is no limit to how much stuff you can put online. But with TV, there is. And the credibility of being on TV is so much more than, say, being on a podcast or being online because anybody can start a website. Anybody can start a podcast. But not anybody can start a TV station. Like that's where the credibility lies. How do you pitch a TV station for press coverage? This is the big one. And my boot camp, Pitch Publicity Profit, walks you through one of my media mentoring program clients pitching local TV, getting a yes, appearing live, 
and turning the appearance into paid brand deals all within the course of a week. So to get the word-for-word details on this, you need to jump into my boot camp. It's just three hours, and it only costs $37. Like, it's a no-brainer. You can access that at pitchpublicityprofit.com. I will link to that in the show notes. But generally speaking, I will share how you write a pitch and in what order. But if you want to see a real-life example of how this happened for a solopreneur who has never earned coverage before, then I highly suggest you visit pitchpublicityprofit.com. Generally, we're going to go through five steps, and it's going to be in this order. Number one, you're going to start off with something personal so the reporter knows that she isn't copied on 500 other emails of the exact same thing at the exact same time. It is shocking how much this happens. And now being on the other side of things, it's frustrating to me because I know that if you hire a PR agency to do this for you, you're paying thousands of dollars a month and you've committed to at least a six-month retainer. And these people you've hired are blasting this pitch to hundreds of people at the same time. And that's just not effective. And journalists hate that. So you want to start with something personal so the reporter knows that he or she is the only one being sent that. Number two, you want to go right into why that reporter should care about the story you're pitching. This should include something that's currently trending, new statistics, recent data. It has to be news and not a promotion. And remember, it also has to have a local tie-in because we're talking about local news. I gave the example of me publishing my book that's going to come out soon called Become a Media Maven. If I pitch that to media in Nashville, they're going to be like, why do I care? You're not from here. This has nothing to do with Nashville. If I pitch it in the West Palm Beach market, I am a local author who lives here, who networks with people in the community. It adds the local element. A big mistake people make at this step is they say, I'm Christina, I used to be a reporter and anchor, now I'm in PR, and I would love to tell your audience about how they can earn exposure without spending money on ads. That's promotional. That doesn't go into anything that's trending. I'm not sharing statistics, recent data. Like, why should the audience care? Why should the reporter care? Keep that in mind. Number three, you want to stand out by sharing a compelling reason why you need to be included in the story and not somebody else who does the same thing you do. This is your unique selling point. This is where being a resource is your big play. This is how you get included in the story that you are pitching. Why do they need to talk to you? If you are a real estate agent or you are in the real estate industry, you have new statistics about the housing market or first-time home buyers or the new interest rate, then you need to share why you are the person to talk about that in that local market because everybody knows a real estate agent. Why are you somebody to talk about? Maybe you have niched yourself in first-time home buyers. Maybe you just worked with a first-time home buyer and they're willing to help you out and go on camera as well to help their story. So you have to think about a reason why you should be the one to talk to instead of somebody else who does the same thing you do. Number four, you want to share visuals that you can provide. In TV, this is a must. I can't tell you how many times we were pitched a story from a business that had a break-in. They had a break-in happen, and they wanted to find the guys who did it. 
if they did not have any surveillance video or they did not have something visual to share in relation to the burglary, we didn't cover the story because we didn't have anything to show. Surveillance video is like, if you had it, you were automatically covered. You are automatically included in the newscast because that's that's video people want to see. There were also many times where people would pitch a story and they would say, you know, this issue is happening in our neighborhood, in our community, or this happened to my child at school and everybody should know, but they didn't want to go on camera and talk about it. They wanted to remain anonymous. And a lot of times these were great stories, but if you don't want to go on camera and talk about it, how can we do the story? We can't. It's not like we can print quotes and say, this is from an anonymous source. You can't do that. You have to be willing to go on camera and to show something. And number five, you need to be ready and tell the reporter you're ready and be easily accessible. Let me share another story time. I was pitched a story. This was, uh, I forget what the story was. But, you know, we had our morning meeting and I pitched it because I was emailed it and they said, yeah, go do it. So I emailed the person back and I'm like, yep, we're ready to do your story. Oh, well, we're not ready yet. We need two weeks to get ready. We need, I need to make sure that this person's okay with it. And like they, they totally acted before they were ready. And I was like, no, 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 I need to do the story today. It was already approved and I need to put something on the air tonight at five or six. And they were like, well, let me get back to you. I had to do another story for that day. And then when they were ready a week or two later, I was on to something else. I was covering something else. They missed their opportunity. So when you pitch, you need to be ready. Like you are working to help them do their job. And if they have a story that needs to be covered that day, then you need to help them cover the story that day. That is just how this works. And this is where a smaller business has the advantage over a bigger business because I have clients in my agency that take forever to get things back to me and my team. And because of that, they miss so many opportunities. And it takes them a long time because they're busy doing other things. They have other priorities. They have a lot of people in charge that needs to approve things. And it takes a long time. When you work for yourself or you have a very small team, you can just say, yes, let's do it. And you get it done. And again, this is why I preach Don't be afraid of being too small or being too new in business. If you have a good story and they want to talk to you, if you're a good resource and a journalist wants to talk to you and you just make yourself available, you're going to get the coverage over the big guys, nine times out of 10. Now, I know that sounds like a lot and it may be impossible to keep the pitch short with those five points, but each of those sections that I talked about, it's just a sentence or two. So we're going to start off with something personal. You're going to go right to why they should care about the story you're pitching. And remember to tie in something local. It's local news. You're going to stand out by sharing why you are the person to talk to about it. Share what visuals you can provide and let them know like you're ready to go right now. Here's my phone number. Call me anytime. Text me. I'm good to go. So that's the who, what, when, where, why, and how of pitching your small business to get on local TV from somebody who was a local TV reporter for over a decade. Again, I want you to see how this played out for a real solopreneur, word for word, see her example. Go to pitchpublicityprofit.com. It's just 
$37. And there is one thing that I did not touch on here that I will in my newsletter on Thursday, and that is the follow-up. Most of what you get will be on the follow-up. So I'm going to tell you how to follow up tactfully, how many times you should follow up, what should be in the follow-up, all of the follow-up things on Thursday in my newsletter. So if you are not already subscribed to that, just go to MediaMavenNews.com. And I am also naming the winner of the book giveaway from my newsletter last week. I told you last week how to enter the giveaway to get Alex Hormozzi's book, and I will tell you who won, as well as all of the follow-up information you need. And then I'll probably go ahead and put um, everything in text here for for you on how to write the pitch and, and turn this into a little guide for you. So make sure you're subscribed at MediaMavenNews.com. And again, you can get the all the links for the newsletter and my boot camp in the show notes for this episode. The show notes are just at becomeamediamaven.com. I made it super easy. That goes straight to the podcast. And eventually, my book will be there because my book is also called Become a Media Maven. So thank you so much for listening. That is how you can pitch a local TV porter. <clears throat> thank you so much for listening. That is how you can pitch local TV for coverage from a local TV reporter. If you have any questions, make sure to hit me up on social media. I am at Christina all day and reply to one of my emails from my newsletter that I send out every Thursday morning with a request on what you want me to cover on this podcast. If you have a question, that most likely means other people like you have the same question. And if you tell me what that is, I will dedicate an episode to that question you have. Thank you so much. I will see you again here next week, and I will see you in the inbox in just a couple of days.